You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, this is Mike with the FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you, we bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. Uh, we uh, shoot straight, we, we don't BS anyone, and uh, here we go. Hey everyone, it's Mike and I'm here with Jim Johnson, who's back. Woo, here I am. <laughs> and hey. Louis Rigoni in the background. Hey, Dolphins, good to have you back, Jim. It's been what, like uh, three months? It's been probably <laughs> six weeks or so anyway. Yep, yep. It's it's a good thing you're not playing football because uh, you would have been out for like two, three years. I know, I'd have been out. And, you know, if I was coming out of the draft, I I would have slid down everybody's boards. You know, it, wouldn't, it would, just wouldn't oh, have been good. Oh, there definitely would have been medical concerns. Oh, it, and attitude, character problems. It's, uh-huh. You know, it just wouldn't have been good. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> it's good but to have you back. That's the way it goes. But here I am back with you too, so... So it was a fun weekend. Uh, we had the NFL draft, and uh, you know, uh, uh, I think the Dolphins got better. I'm gonna listen to your thoughts, Jim. You can uh, start out with Jalen Waddle. What'd you think of that pick? Well, let me start out with it wasn't the guy that I really wanted, but the way the draft went at number six with other other picks off the board, I'm excited to see what this guy can bring to the table. We know he's fast. Uh, he's elusive. You know, he can he can make a lot of good things happen. In the beginning, I was a little down about not getting uh, somebody higher up on my list, but that's the way the draft goes. Were this you a Pitts guy or were you a Sewell guy or who'd you want? I was hoping for Chase's was okay. my number one. And then uh, when that wasn't on the table, I was thinking that uh, that anchor left tackle would be really nice. But, you know, we did invest heavily last year in the offensive linemen. So I can understand why they didn't. And we've been crying about a playmaker for several years we now. We have. So Real I fig- tears. <laughs> yeah, I know. Big crocodile tears, too. Uh, so this guy, Waddle, is, is just that. He's He can make things happen and take that five-yard slant to the house. So, yeah, you know, if his ankle is good... Uh, I'm all for it. He's uh, He probably would have pushed Smith for that Heisman Award had he been healthy all last year. Uh, so, uh, you know, you got to think positive on it now because it's already done. My main concern is he's a speed guy and he's had an ankle injury. So if he loses a little speed, he loses a lot of what he brings to the team. Well, he so. said he's back to 100%. They all say that. I'm just saying what he said. <laughs> he said, she said, he said. Yeah, yeah. The medical concerns are, I mean, they're way way over our heads. All we can do is guess. You know, we know we had a, a an ankle, high ankle sprain, minor fracture. Uh, so you just have to hope that's fully healed and he's good to go and it was a freak thing. But that's really all we can do. And And I mean, who here doesn't, want to see him take the take a pass to the house you know dodge three defenders and just make it happen so you know uh-huh. that's that's uh you know that that's just it's going to be exciting to watch that's what you're counting on right you're yeah. counting on those big plays and those quick passes for touchdowns those quick uh slants and you know well yeah i mean who doesn't want a quick six points 
Uh, you know, and if you're going to stay with Buffalo and Kansas City and some of the other, you know, high-scoring teams, uh, you know, you can't ground and pound the game out if the other team is scoring 38 points. So, uh, you know, the ability to make some big plays is is a huge plus for the offense. Now, later they picked up Jalen Phillips. What would you think of Jalen? This is a big sigh for me because I personally have had concussions, and each one is progressively worse and tends to make you prone for more. So this was a major concern for me. Uh, his talent is unquestionable. He's, he's fast. He's got that first burst of his, you know, first step. Uh, he bends. He's got loose hips. He does everything you want in your quarterback rushing DE, outside linebacker, edge guy. Uh, the talent is there. My issue is he's only played 20 college games in his whole career. Uh, you know, he's had a wrist injury. He's had a, a, an ankle injury as well as three concussions. So that's a lot of red flags for me to look past, per se. But again, if these guys have done their homework on the medicals, then they feel he's worth the risk, then... Uh, you know, we got to go with the high risk to uh, high reward type of deal. And hopefully we've got our next uh, Jason Taylor or Cameron Wake or whatever you want to compare him to. Yeah, there's risk with everybody. You know, either either you're maybe they don't have the talent you'd hope they have or they have medical concerns or they have character concerns. I mean, there's always there's always something about everyone if you look hard enough Uh Oh, but I mean, this kid's an athlete, and and you know, uh, I I think that he's going to make our defensive front better. So I'm all for it. I got no problems with the selection. You know, if he ends up with a concussion, they'll change his helmet or they'll sit him out a while, and uh, they'll try and figure out a way to not let that keep happening. Jim, who'd you want here at 18? <laughs> uh, this this was a toss up for me because the draft didn't go how I wanted it to. Uh, to be honest with you, I was kind of hoping that Micah Parsons would somehow, some way, uh, be available to us. Whether it was a trade up, trade back, trade around, or if he just slid to us. Right, but uh, he's gone at that point. So but right, when we was, get to eighteen, was, who who are you thinking? I was gonna go with Quiddy Pay myself. Okay. Um, because, you know, he, he was really the number one guy, uh, you know, at edge and he's from Rhode Island, which was my little home state here. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but I just, with all of the red flags with Phillips, I was, I was pretty gun shy about just automatically mm -hmm. going with Phillips. So right, I more conservative I, pick with pay. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Exactly. So a little safer, you know, maybe ceiling, not quite as high, but, uh, you know, I think it was still would have been a good pick at 18. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Their next pick was, uh, safety Javon Holland. This was a shocker for me. I really wasn't anticipating, Greer and, and Flores really wanting to, to go with a safety there. Uh, I figured we were going to get another offensive playmaker type, you know, be it a, a running back or, you know, some other offensive weapon. Now, and of course he didn't play. I, I you know, on, the, on our Facebook group, I, I did say that I've never even heard of him because I didn't look at safeties much and he opted out last year. And... 
when I started researching, you know, I was, you know, knee-jerk reaction was like, oh my God, what are they doing? You know, it was like the Igbenogany pick last year, and I was kind of thrown a curveball. But, um, you know, the, the the kid has a lot of skills, and he can play just about every position from up in the box, almost linebacker type, to free safety, uh, you know, all of the underneath coverages. He's what they wanted Fitzpatrick to be. Well, and this is the thing, and Flores even alluded to it in the phone call to him about, you know, he's a he's a uh, safeties coach, and uh, you know, I think this kid is is got all the makings for the the guy to replace Bobby McCain, you know, two years from now. So uh, I think he's going to get a lot of rotational play early, and he's going to take that that spot from you know whichever safety is the weakest link at the at that point. And the next pick, they went back to the offensive line, something they worked a lot on last year, and they drafted uh, Liam uh, Eichenberg. I was a little torn on this one as well, just because I hadn't researched Eichenberg much. Um, he well, that's was, not Greer's fault. Well, I understand. <laughs> but when uh, when I was looking at this pick, there was some other higher-rated tackles on the board. So this one kind of threw me a little bit. And, uh, you know, I was... Okay, we got a, a potential left tackle to talking about moving to right tackle. Um, Notre Dame is is known for producing great offensive linemen, so you know I can live with the pick now that I've analyzed it a little bit. He's not the most athletic guy, so you know where do you put him? Do you put him at right tackle? Do you have him protect to his blind side? Do you leave him at left tackle and move Jackson over? So I'm still kind of wondering how they're going to utilize him uh but you know to go two years and not give up a sack that's crazy so hey let's let's plug so him maybe in he's okay maybe he's more athletic than people give him credit for well just because <laughs> he just because he's not flashy doesn't mean he can't block a guy and that's what he consistently does he gets in between the defender and the quarterback and you know we've had how many tackles that couldn't do that so, I mean, this is, to me, whether he's got the, all of the measurables or not, um, he went two years without giving up a sack. So that's got to be a valuable, valuable quality uh, for this offensive line moving forward. Now, the four players we just mentioned, a lot of people had first-round grades on. The Dolphins, I think, did pretty well, if you consider that. Now, uh, the next guy they took was uh, Hunter Long. Yeah, before I touch on Hunter Long, you know, Javon Holland, if he hadn't opted out, he probably would have been one of the top safeties in the draft. But since he didn't play last year, that kind of a lot of a lot of boards had him down lower for that reason. So Yeah, he uh, was in the top three, you know, regardless right, of the fact right. he sat out last year. So uh, yep. he was he was uh, considered the first before last season. Right. And sitting out, you know, he got passed, but yeah. he was he was a talented kid regardless. Yep. And we talked about it, Mike, you know, a, a few times in regard to, you know, them addressing the safety position because you've got two converted corners there and they're both up there in age. And, um, you know, it's an absolute necessity on this team to have a little bit of depth. I mean, there just isn't any depth either, you know, regardless of the fact. So, you know, I, I felt that this was a pretty good pick as I looked at it. Uh, further as well. I wasn't happy initially. We talked about that the other day. Right. So, but yeah. it, 
The more you look at it, the more you like it, right? Gets a ball hawk, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets his hand on the ball a lot. He used to be a receiver early on, so you know that he's got ball skills. That's for sure. You know, they're th- these guys. It's interesting, uh, Jim, because we talked about this, me and Mike, on uh, whatever day we did the podcast. I think it was Friday night. Yep. And you know, they went one way in regard to the two guys they drafted in the first round, right? They got very, very talented players that are fast, and, and they're, they're just the best at their very physical, um, you know, very fast receiver, the defensive ends, just an outstanding player as well. And they came back in the second round, and they drafted football players, guys that maybe aren't that athletic, maybe are a step slow, but they're football players. So it was interesting because they didn't go that route in the second round as they did in the first round. What you might be interested in knowing is next-gen stats had Miami's draft class tied with Arizona's as the most athletic. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Every, all of their draft picks, uh, all seven, uh, all had good to to very good uh, RAS scores, raw athletic score, mm-hmm. on everybody's charts. So, you know, even the, the offensive lineman, Eichberg, we were talking about, I said he wasn't all that athletic, but he still scored well on those tests. So, obviously, you know, and he There's did... There's a contradiction, pull- yeah. Yeah, and in, he, in the, he... In the reports, go ahead. Yeah. And he and they actually had him pull alone instead of a pulling guard. They had him pull as a tackle and running across the whole play. If if he can do that, he can do most anything out there that's needed. So yep, yep, those are good All things. Right. So Hunter Long, what'd you think of him, Jim? You know, this was kind of another shocker for me um, because I'm like, we've got four tight ends now. You know, but you look at Gazeki and Smythe who are coming to the end of their contracts. And this gives us options. Tight ends, often a, a position that guys don't take off and become an instant star their first year. Exactly. Uh, so he can come in and, and get some rotational play, and, and he could take a starting job from, from Smythe or whoever. The thing is, though, it gives us flexibility next year. If some of the, one of these guys wants some enormous contract that we're not ready to meet, then we've already got a guy waiting in the wings. Uh, he's no Mike Gazeki, you know. He's not. He doesn't have the catch radius that Mike does, and he's not the receiver and the you know all of that. But uh, as we like to say, he might be able to break a tackle now and then, and he's a very good blocker. So you know, overall, I was shocked when we were drafting. I was like, "What are we doing here?" But but I think it's a sound. A sound pick for the future. Yeah, it was interesting because, as you mentioned, we have a ton of depth at the tight end position right now going into this season. And you're looking at some of the other positions of need, you know, that we need some depth at. And, you know, we draft, you know, like you mentioned, the fourth the fourth tight end. And the tight ends actually did a really good job for us overall. It wasn't like, you know, yeah. these guys had bad seasons. All of them played uh, much better than what we had expected across the board. So yeah, it was a surprise to me as well. I don't think we talked about him on Saturday, Mike, correct? I don't think so. I don't think uh, we did. Or if, we, so. if we did, it was very briefly, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I don't, don't remember th- if we ended with Eichenberg or him, but regardless, um, my only thought about that, Lewis, is this is, to me, it's a salary cap move. You know, uh, you're probably not going to keep Kasiki at the price he's going to ask. And uh, 
this gives you somebody to take that job should you not be able to resign him. Well, I'll tell you, Mike, they, you know, in my opinion, they most have to keep Gusecki. I mean, depending on what he does this year, obviously, but I think he's developed into a pretty solid football player. And, um, you know, we, we got to get past the, the treading water situation. You know, we can't, it, it'd be great to have both of these guys playing for us. Now, Smythe. Well, maybe, maybe it will, I, maybe it won't. We'll I see. Think, yeah. I mean, I think Smythe obviously is expendable now that we drafted this kid, but I think Gusecki, it's, it, it's a necessity to have him back because, um, you know, you're losing a big weapon on your offense if you don't. And, um, you know, you're if back to If they decide to play a lot of two tight end, then you would think they'd keep Kasicki. So we'll see. Right. I mean, right. there's different ways they can go on that. Oh, I yeah. know that. I'm just saying that going forward, I think he has to be part of the football team. Yep. I really do. I think it's a, it's it's one of their it, it it's an absolute necessity that they that they sign him and and bring him back for a couple more years. Would you pay would you pay Kasicki 10 12 million? Mike, I I don't know what what it's going to take, but you know, the the bottom line is is that, you know, if we continue to do what we're doing and just allow guys like him to walk, we're never going to get to where we need to be. You know, that's the bottom line. I mean, you would I would say right now Gusecki's um, you know, as you look around the league, he's probably in the top 6 to 7 tight ends in, in the that's NFL fair. right now. He's right? probably somewhere around yeah. there. So, I mean, at some point you've got it, you know, you've got to throw some money at some of these guys to keep them. You can't just have them uh, walking over and over again. And I think, you know, like I said, I mean, listen, I wasn't a big fan of his his first couple seasons. I've become a fan. You know, he's capable of, uh, especially now, when you throw the guys on the outside that we have, the two players that are playing wideouts for us, the the middle for a guy like him, I mean, he should just be absolutely over the top this year. Now, if he under, you know, if he, if he doesn't play up to that level, especially now with the weapons on the outside, then, you know, then maybe you, you, you allow him to walk, but I think he's going to have a monster year this year for just, you know, the reason I just explained. Uh huh. Jim, what about Larnell Coleman? Tackle. This is a big, tall offensive lineman prospect, really. Uh, he's got an 85 inch wingspan. The, the, the guy is, is, you know, huge, long arms. Uh, six foot six, three ten or something, uh, but you know he's a prospect. Uh, you know, you drafted him that late for a reason. It can't hurt. And the way I look at the seventh rounder is you're kind of taking a flyer on guys. Yeah, you know? he's pro- he's probably a practice squad player who you're going to try and develop a little bit. Exactly. My my notes are he's a developmental player, and you know, hey, can you turn him into a swing tackle? Should you know Jesse Davis's numbers come up in a couple of years, and you don't want to pay that guy? You have you have options, and. You, when you don't have options, you make bad decisions because you're forced into Band-Aid moves. Exactly. And, and, you know, that type of signing to me, you know, makes sense because you add, you're adding a new offensive lineman prospect for the practice squad or what have you, and uh, maybe you can turn them into a, to a golden nugget, you know? All yeah, right. You, go ahead. Luke. Well, go ahead, Mike. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, you know, during, during the draft, uh, as the day progressed and people were noticing we had not yet drafted a running back, I had made the comment, we just need a, a guy with some power who can get a couple of yards. <laughs> and uh, then in the seventh round, they drafted uh, Jared Dokes, who really fits that description. He's, he's not a great outside runner, but uh, he is powerful and uh, 
I'm sure he can pick up a couple of yards. What What did you think of that selection? You know, when I I saw they used their last very last pick to get a running back, uh-huh. I kind of I kind of chuckled to myself. I'm like, yeah, they don't really prioritize the running back. I mean, we got Miles Gaskin, who's probably our starter, and he was a seventh round pick. Uh, you know, you've got Ahmed, who I think was a a, a walk free, on, a walk on yeah. free agent, and now you've got another seventh round pick, your last pick in the draft. Yep. Uh, so they're looking at this a little bit differently, and I and I kind of understand it because, you know, Ricky Williams he could make something out of nothing, and the the thing is when you looked at guys like Le'Veon Bell, you know, he looked great when he was running behind that Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. He left and stuff happened. He was never the same again. He never looked very good. You know, you have to ask yourself, is the offensive line more important or is it the running back? And we see these other teams who have great successful running games and these great successful running backs. And I watch film and they're running through holes that are six yards wide. You know, anybody can run through that hole. So it, it's a combination of offensive line play and, of course, your tight end blocking and all of the little details. And, you know, a good offensive line can can make an average running back look like a superstar. So this is a team effort, and I think when they get the offensive line established, then they'll probably add a little more talented running back. Yeah, I don't think it's their first priority, you know. No. I, I just, I mean, it's obvious it's not their first priority, Uh the running back position has been devalued, and, and I know that some people really place an importance on it, but I don't know that most of the teams do. Uh, there are some that do, but I don't think most of them do. Uh, now, they did pick up some uh, free agents, four of them, as a matter of fact. Uh, I don't know a lot about the guys. Uh, there was Robert Jones, who has a, a big wingspan. We were talking about wingspans. His is 79 inches. There's Carl Tucker, a tight end fullback. There's Jerome Johnson, a defensive tackle. And uh, Jaitlin Eskew, a cornerback out of uh, Georgia Tech. Now, I don't know much about these guys. Do you, either one of you guys? No, I don't know a thing about them. And I, I did hear that they signed a, a free agent fullback. And I said to myself, they're still trying to make a fullback work somehow. I, th- I thought that was interesting. I think I think he's mostly for special teams, based on what I read. But we'll see. Yeah, we've we've pulled guys out of that. So you know, over the last few years. So, so one of these guys or two of these guys may wind up sticking. Now, you know, obviously the roster should be better, and it's going to be harder to get a spot on this roster as as the talent gets better. And I think we're at a whole different level than what we were a couple of years ago. But you never know. I mean, you know, these guys. You know, you throw throw them all up against the wall, and hopefully one of them sticks. I don't know much about any of them, though, Mike, to answer your question either. Yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, I didn't take the time to uh, research them because I just didn't have the time. But the draft as a whole, I I thought it was probably our our best draft since 97, and I mean that. In 97, we got Sam Addison, we got Jason Taylor, we got Derek Rogers, and we got Ed Perry. And... uh, you know, I, I could see these guys having that kind of impact. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I'm I I can't wait to see him play. And Jalen Phillips, he's going to give our defense something that we haven't had, and that's a playmaker. So, 
I'm excited about those guys. And, and Javon Holland, another playmaker. You know, he's got a nose for the ball, and that's what we need at safety. Eichenberg, you know, the, the, the talk about him is good. So, you know, you're reading what all these uh, scouts say and these uh, national pundits say, and they're all real excited. Well, I'm kind of real excited too, uh, and there's reason to be. Yeah, there is. I mean, all four of these guys. I'm sorry, Mike, were you finished? Or no, 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 go ahead. Yeah, they, all four of these guys uh, should be starting for us at some point, right? They almost have to. I mean, when, you, when you've when you got early, and we did have early second-round picks, both of those guys you would expect to become starters on this football team. If, if they well, I don't— I think it's their jobs to lose. I really believe that. Maybe yes. not so much Holland. Holland may take a little while, but the other three, Eichenberg, Phillips, and Waddle, I think it's their jobs to lose. Yeah, I, I think it's an absolute necessity for Eichenberger to become a starter because, um, you know, as you look at as you look at our offensive line, um, you know, there, there, there leaves a lot. You know, they leave a lot on the table there to be desired. I mean, it's just that simple. Um, we were one of the worst offensive lines in football last year, and um, you know, our rushing attack was in the bottom third of the of the uh, of the in the NFL. And um, you know, as you look at a lot of the teams that make the playoffs. Uh, they do have a running game. You know, the Ravens and Tennessee and the Browns, they were the the three top teams running the football last year, and all of them were, were obviously playoff teams. Um, you know, you have to run the football. You have to have a semblance of a running game. Um, it, it, it has to be there for Tua. It has to be. I mean, this isn't a guy that's going to be able to go out there and throw the ball 40 times a game and, and you know, and win that way. You know, he has to work off play action. And, um, you know, the fact that we haven't addressed the running back another season, you know, we go into this year with a, a little bit of a lackluster group of uh, talent there, again, at that position. And, um, you know, we, we did draft Eichenberger, but um, is that going to be enough along with the guys progressing from last year? I mean, all of that's an absolute necessity or else we're going to have some issues on the offensive side. So, uh, you know, we just got to hope for the best in regard to the guys that were drafted last year progressing. And we have the time to throw the football down the field, and we have the ability to have a semblance of a running game because we really didn't in, in a lot of football games last year. It just was non-existent. Lou, to, uh, to address what you were just saying, those teams you mentioned that had the good running games failed to score enough points to win. So you've got to have a running game. We've been saying that for years and years, but it doesn't have to be in the Tennessee Titans. The only, you know, the only trick you have in your hat is the running game. Uh, So we've got to have some balance. And with the offensive weapons that we've added with, with Waddle uh, and Fuller on the outside, I, I think we have that get Parker back healthy uh, and the other thing that's of note is Eichenberg is uh, a very good run blocker. He's, yes, he is. He's able to, you know, I said earlier that he's able to get between the defender and the quarterback. Well, he's he also does the same thing. He keeps himself between the defender and the running back, which is something else our offensive linemen don't seem to be able to do. So, you know, these are traits that, I hope translate to the NFL and our Miami Dolphins in particular. So I, I mean, I'm I'm optimistic, 
we just got to hope the uh, the red flags don't come out. Um, well, I think uh, Hunt and Eichenberger together, yeah, will be a, a better group to run behind than what we were running behind last year. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Hunt and uh, and Kindley become you know two two great guards for us. Uh, whether that happens is is you know, up in the air. And, and that reminds me of the one thing they didn't address in this draft that kind of lowers my overall grade is uh, we didn't do anything at center. I know we, we did uh, sign Skura, but uh, I was hoping that we would, uh, you know, p- pick up a center slash guard type player in this draft. Well, who wouldn't you have wanted in place of a center? Well, you know, you picked a tight end you don't necessarily need. Um, you know, you think you can get a good center at the end of these uh, second round or, or third round? If, you you, know. you think you think you're going to get a good tight end where you picked him. You know, it, it's all relative and uh, obviously these guys doing their scouting didn't feel there was a center that was either high enough on their board or a high enough priority to want to you know, Use a See, I, I don't think you reach for players. In other words, if you don't have a center as your highest graded player there, then move on to a different area of the team. Yep. Best best pl- best player available at a position of need. Yeah. Yep. And, and that that best player available, you know, obviously you, you, you know, you just picked Waddle and you signed Fuller. You're not going to you're not going to spend another high round pick on a receiver. So you know, that's how it kind of just down the board. You know, you have a, your board changes with every pick. And uh, yep. that, that's why there's 10 bazillion uh, mock drafts. Well, you know, you're team building. Mm-hmm. Right. So you want to get the best player that you can when you have the opportunity to get a player. And sometimes it's not going to align necessarily with your positions of need, but you've still made the team better. Right. And right. That's, I mean, that's the goal. There was a center on the board um, if we would have just stood where we were. I know we uh-huh. we, we moved up from uh, 50 to 42. Uh, the Ohio State center, Josh Meyer, was still on the – Josh Myers, I should say, was still on the board. Yep. The Packers wound up taking him down at 62. So, you know, we got to see how this develops because, you know, in, in the process of picking up Eichenberg, we did, you know, we did give up a number three next year. Um, had we stood pat, we probably could have drafted the center or even drafted him. I don't know, but the bottom line is there, yeah, there was a center still on the board. Um, you know, he went at 62 to the Packers. So if, you know, if there is a criticism there, um, you know, they felt that this kid was a much better football player and, and that's the route they went. Maybe but, they felt that protecting Tua's blind side was more important than a center that was going to take time to develop. Yes. I mean, listen, we, you know, it's interesting because that center position, I don't know who the backup is right now. I'm assuming it's Dieter. Dieter. If this right. kid go, you know, if the guy that the free agent we signed goes yep. down, I mean, it's yep. basically Dieter. And, um, I'm not overly comfortable with that situation. Oh, well, we know. haven't seen him play center, but <laughs> right. you know, right. there may be these. Some we remember we brought in a lot of kids, so some of these guys that are tackles aren't going to be tackles; they're going to be guards or centers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as Jim mentioned, I think that you know the two guys that he mentioned earlier are definitely going to wind up becoming guards. You know, it, it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of depth there. So yep. oh, there's a lot of players there, okay, right. and um, they're all competing for 
the five positions across the board. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, our number one pick last year with the way Flores is, he he better, you know, he better bring it. Yep. Because yeah. I, I'll tell you what, you know, just because he was our first round pick doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be our starting left tackle. Uh, you know, that's just the way it works sometimes. And I and, love uh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I love it. I love it, too. Absolutely. But um, I don't love the fact that, you know, we, we we took a number one for a guy that may not be starting for us, but he's got to really step up his game as well. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting, uh, you know, camp and, and competition going forward, without a yeah. doubt. Yep. With the addition of Eichenberger. So we'll see. One thing that I've come to realize – over the past couple of seasons, you know, when Flores uh, was brought in, he was given a five-year deal, and uh, he's acting like it. Yep. Um, he's so not, is Greer. <laughs> and, and, well, Flores and Greer, they seem to be a really good combination. They seem to, to have like minds, per se, and work well together. And everything that they have done from the start of this, when they tore it down uh, and rebuilt, and everybody said you're, 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 the NFL needs to step in. You're, you're creating an unsafe environment. People are going to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. But everything that they have done has not necessarily been specifically for right here, right now, this year. Yep. They've been looking to the future at all the times. And all of these trade deals that they've Which done. Which I think is critical. Oh, yeah. They, other people have criticized well, this is, I've really kind of gotten more on board with this. I mean, we, we've been so long without uh, exciting Dolphins football that it's, it's, we get jaded a little bit. But when I look at this big picture, especially after this draft and the trade, the trade down and then the trade back up before the draft started, they were building assets for 2022 and 2023. They've already built assets up for the next two years. And yet they were still able to select quality players and two playmakers in the first round. I mean, uh, you know, we got one on offense and one on defense. Yep. Everybody's crying for playmakers. So they, they got two playmakers, and then they got, as Lou calls them, football players, good characters, yep. got guys that don't take plays off, team-first guys, and they're also looking at the future. You know, the tight end selection. Uh, the 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 uh, offensive tackle Coleman, you know these are players that you're looking to utilize next year or the year after, not this season. These guys aren't; those selections weren't for this year. That's for next year and the year after. It gives them options down the road, and they're not worried about their job or getting fired. I mean, I'm just excited to see where it can go. Well, it went to ten wins last year, and. Uh... I don't think too many people thought they were going to win 10 games last year. I mean, there are a few, but I don't think there were many. No. And, uh, you know, who knows what they're going to do this year. But uh, you would think that they should be able to maybe eke into the playoffs and who knows, maybe win a playoff game. Win a playoff game? I uh, know. It's been a long time. Oh, damn. Do you, do you remember the last time? I do. Uh, I was there. Do you? Yeah, I wasn't there, but it's been a long time. Tell me the game. Colts? Yes. Yeah, it was the Colts. year 2000. We beat, Peyton, we yep. beat Peyton Manning. That's when Lamar yep. Smith, just a running back, went off. by the yep. way, ran for 200 yards and yep. just ate 
them alive. God, what did he come and go quick, didn't he, Lamar yeah. Smith? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was good. I mean, he was good for the short time he was He was here. good that season. <laughs> yeah, he yep. was. He was outstanding. Yep. He was outstanding. And what a game he had. My goodness. Yeah. He just well, ate them alive. Maybe we can get him back for a game. <laughs> <laughs> a game? We need him for a season, not a game. We need him uh, for a season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it's going to be fun going forward. I mean, these guys, the guys they drafted in the first round are just – I mean, they are – studs the both of them and as I, long I as, love the entire draft top to bottom i love yep, it yep as soon as you I'm know very excited as, as long as they stay healthy yes um you know we're good you know phil he, he is a concern there's no question about that as jim mentioned but if he's healthy and on the football field my god what a plus he's going to be with agba on the other side i mean that that's going to be a nice tandem at defensive end um, it should open up some things for blitzes. It should open up some things for Wilkins and the guys on the inside as well. If a lot of the attention's going to the outside, uh, these guys up the middle just got to beat their people man to man. It's just that simple. And, uh, you know, we can create some havoc on the quarterback, which was just non-existent last year. I mean, just yeah. it just wasn't there. Well, we've seen what happens when you only have one stud on a defensive line. We saw it for years with Cameron Wake, and, and yeah. he, he would make his plays and, and take over a game here or there. But oftentimes, they double, triple whatever they needed to do, and nobody else could make a play. And if you've got Ogba and, and, you know, and, and, and now Phillips on the other side, plus our tackles doing their thing. Yeah, but Greer ain't having that. He'll blitz half the defense. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going to. I mean, you think about how you think about how well the defense played last year without a pass rush. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, I mean, think oh, about yeah. it. The amount of turnovers. I mean, the secondary, the two corners are outstanding. And yep. um, you know, you look you look at that defense and and how they did it, and and the amount of turnovers they got with no pass rush. I mean, just think about adding a guy that can actually get to the quarterback into this equation. And, uh, you know, it's a positive thing going forward. It, it really is. It's a positive thing. Uh, there's not a lot of minuses that came back, you know, that came off of that defense, you know, with the exception of Van Oy leaving. Um, but you picked up, you picked up a nice linebacker in the trade. Well, you lost Shaq Lawson also. Well, yeah. no, but you've replaced him. You right. know, uh, you've replaced him with the draft pick. I mean, well, Phillips, and, Phillips. and you've picked up. And I think that was I, – I honestly, when they made that trade, you know, we talked about this in the mock draft. I felt that they were going defense, you know, edge, without a question of a doubt with one of the first-round picks. So, yeah. and, and lo and behold, that's where they went. And um, they've upgraded the linebacker position in the trade, and I think they've upgraded the, the defensive end position, you know, in regard to the draft. So it's, it's a positive all the way around. The one knock on Phillips is his setting the edge and his run defense. They say he is a little on the low side as far as strength, but you know he's a young kid, doesn't have a lot of a lot of miles on him, so he should be able to bulk up and and if he can do that and be effective in the run game as well as get to the quarterback, now it's it's really a home run. Hey Jim, yeah, we got a guy in the Hall of Fame that played defensive end for us that never bulked up. And he was yeah. undersized at defensive end, and it didn't affect him in the least. So, mm -hmm. you know, if if that's our biggest issue with him, then I'm okay with it. You know, yeah, I mean, just well, as long as he's, you know, uh, as long as the linebackers, creating, 
as long as the linebackers make the stop, I'm okay with it. Right. All right. So, Lewis, you gave them a C-plus grade uh, the other day before the draft was over. Would you change that grade? I said C-plus, B-minus, Mike. You talked me into a B-minus when we were I all said so. and done. Okay? Yeah, so I thought so. Okay. I, I, I'd, I'd move them up to a B without a question of a doubt. I mean, there are some concerns. You know, like I said, I mean, they'd get an A. But you do have the concerns with our second pick in the first round. Um, you know, some of the positions that we drafted, yes, you know, we're, we're building for the future. Could we have uh, addressed other positions that are, in, that are in more need? Yes. So I, I give them a B, though. I mean, I thought it was an outstanding. The guys they got in the first round are just phenomenal football players. And the guys that they got later on are all extremely great individuals on top of the fact that they're good football players. So um, I think a B is fair. Um, you know, for those for those reasons. Jim, what do you read him? Initially, I was unhappy just because I wasn't familiar with some of the picks. And uh, I was kind of bummed about no, you know, running back. You were back. fit to be tied. You weren't uh, just unhappy. You... I was I was irritated <laughs> by guys I hadn't heard of and no running back. Who, you know, Jim, you had I to mean, hear Kirk. Kirk was yeah, hysterical. The text I, messages. I don't. E I can't even. I, I'm not even gonna. <laughs> yeah, I know. The text messages. I was. I was, was going to uh, message you guys during the draft, but I'm like, ah, you know, Mike's just sitting back and waiting to see what happens, and and Lou's already wound up enough. I don't need to call him. And I was just like, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here. Nah, he and was on the phone with me. I'm trying to calm him down. Yeah, him and my son. I, my son was it. driving me nuts too. I he knew was it. Pissed. We right. were in that house party last year for the draft, and we got pretty animated when they picked Igbenogany. But uh, anyway, uh -huh. uh, you know, after I've digested it and looked at it, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them an A, but it's an A minus. It's 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 that ninety percentile because they didn't address center, and I'm I'm really concerned about Phillips and his injury history. So, you know, those are some pretty big red flags. But Well, I'm going to think positive because Phillips did not get hurt last year, okay? Right, he played right. the whole season. He was fine. So yep. I'm going to say Phillips is going to be fine, and I am giving them an A+. Plus. I, I really enjoyed the draft. I think it's, like I said, one of the best drafts we've had in a long, long time. Now, that doesn't mean I can't be wrong. <laughs> that doesn't mean these guys can't bomb but I love the approach, and I think Greer did his job. Now everything else is fate. Yeah. Well, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, and if you don't have the desire, it, it goes to waste. And, yep. and then there's the Zach Thomases of the world that are too small, too slow, not strong enough. That and go awesome. Out, that yep. go out there, and they just continue to make play after play after play. So it's, it's all about how much guys want it. And I'm hoping that these guys want it, and we'll uh, we'll have more wins on the in the win column next year or this right. year now. I think that's going to do it this afternoon, gang. Uh, thanks for joining me. You're sure very thing. welcome. And thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next week. Until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up, doll fans. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 